What's up, world? I'm Matt Newberg from Hungary, and this is The Feed. Each episode, we'll dive into conversations with the industry insiders who are leveraging technology to shape the way we eat. On today's episode of The Feed, the Hungry Trends community sat down with Christine De Wendel, co-founder and CEO of Sunday, a new QR-based payment platform that is looking to improve the guest and server experiences at restaurants, hotels, bars, and cafes across the world. We chat about everything from the complex merchant payment system in the US and Europe, what it takes to be a consumer-facing wallet, and how Sunday will eventually enable restaurants to leverage valuable customer data to grow their business. Okay, so I'm very eager to welcome on Christine De Wendel. She's the co-founder and CEO of Sunday, a new QR-based scan and pay service for hospitality operators that is very quickly scaling across the UK and US with $124 million in capital. Christine is joined by two founders of the Big Mama Restaurant Group in France who tested their MVP during the summer of 2020 on 100,000 checks across 14 of its restaurants throughout London, Paris, and Madrid. Over the past five months, the startup has processed orders for 1.1 million guests as it strives to eventually become a peer-to-merchant mobile wallet of the future. Christine, welcome aboard. Thank you, Matt. Thanks for having me on the show. So yeah, I've been, you know, kind of trying to follow Sunday from from where I sit here in, in LA over the past five months. Very curious to learn more. Um, I guess the best place for us to start would be to talk kind of about the problem you're you're looking to solve for restaurants and who these types, the, what the type of restaurant operators that you're looking to target, and kind of what are the the early results that you've seen so far through this system at a high level. Absolutely, Matt. So. First, let me tell you a little bit about how we started Sunday. You mentioned it quickly, but it'll give you some context on who we're targeting and what kind of restaurants we're working with. So my co-founders, Victor and Tigran, uh, have one of the more successful restaurant companies in Europe called Big Mama. They have uh, 15 restaurants in Paris, Madrid, London, and um, a couple other cities in France. And they are running some of the biggest and, frankly, most Instagrammable restaurants in Europe. Mm -hmm. Uh, Extremely attractive, very high turns. And so last summer when COVID hit, uh, Victor and Tigran thought about how they could innovate. And people started putting QR codes on tables for menus. And they said, we should actually go one step further and put QR codes uh, for payment. Why? Well, frankly... Because COVID was there, people wanted to have uh, faster and touchless payment experiences. Um, And also because getting restaurant staff was tougher and tougher. And so uh, being able to find solutions where technology could make restaurants turn tables faster uh, and not need as much staff was was critical. And so, as you mentioned, uh, Tigan and Victor tested a beta version of Sunday in about 100,000 with 100,000 tables, and they saw the results were phenomenal. So waiters loved it because they were getting about 20% of their time back, and consumers loved it because uh, something that used to take 12 minutes was taking 10 seconds. And obviously, restaurant operators loved it because their tables were turning faster. They were getting, on average, higher tips, higher check sizes, and um, it, it seemed to be the way of the future. And so that's when we decided to actually spin it off, create the company, make it a fintech focused on hospitality, um, named it Sunday, and um, the three of us started building the business. Um, And so as you mentioned, we are live now actually in four countries, uh, UK, US, France, and Spain. 
And up to now, we've been targeting a very large group of restaurants. And so I'll give you some examples of who we're working with. Uh, and so you'll get a sense of why uh, the solution actually works for all sorts of restaurants. So we go across the scope of restaurant types. Um, we've got Michelin star restaurants uh, in Paris who are using Sunday, who love it for lunch service uh, because people need to get in and out really quickly. Uh, and it's a great way to make sure that uh, people are in control of the payment experience and they can add a coffee, they can add a dessert because they know that if they have to get out of there at, you know, five to one because they have a business meeting, they're in control of that experience. We're also working with a lot of casual restaurants that have really high turns and uh, who need to get people through uh, their restaurants more quickly, especially in a time like now where in every country we're working with, uh, restaurateurs are having labor shortage issues. Um, mm -hmm. And so we've just started piloting with one of the largest enterprise brands in Europe, and uh, they have, you know, fast casual locations also with high turns. So what you'll see is Sunday is attractive for restaurant operators across the board, be it large groups uh, who want to digitalize the experience um, and be ahead of the curve on the customer experience. And then, you know, more confidential, very upscale restaurants uh, who see the value in um, having people control the experience and be able to get out of the restaurant exactly when they need to. Yeah, it's definitely the way of the future. And like, I think I kind of just wrote off QR codes at the beginning of the pandemic because I was just like, you know, when everyone's back to normal or whatever that looks like, we're not going to be doing this stupid. This technology has been around for decades, like we're not going to go back to this. But then at some point earlier this year, I was like, this isn't going away because it's just better. It's better for everyone. Can you talk a little bit about like how you change the script in hospitality? So, you know, typically you walk up to, you know, a, the server booth or like the host stand. Uh, they, they give you like a, I guess now, nowadays, they'll even give you like a piece of paper with a QR code on it or a menu that's that they can throw away because everyone's afraid of germs now. Talk about like how you're changing the script in hospitality and what that's going to look like as you add more features that we'll talk about later. But that's going to definitely change the way that restaurants operate from, from what we're used to, right? Yes. So let me tell you a little bit about how Sunday works today. And then I'll tell you what we're thinking about for the future and how it's going to create a real revolution in uh, the guest experience. So today, the way Sunday works is we take a QR code. Um, we are uh, integrated with most POSs. And uh, we basically map the QR codes to the table plan in the POS. Mm. And so the QR code that you'll have on your table sits there full time. Um, it has the table number on it. And today we're offering exclusively payments. And that is very deliberate. We decided to start mm. with payments. We are developing other features and we will talk about that afterwards. But today you're, you come into the restaurant, uh, the, hostess, the host sits you down. You can pull up the menu if you'd like with the QR code. And then you order very classically with a waiter. Uh, so you still have that human interaction with the waiter. You get to talk about specials. Uh, you get to hear about new cocktails. Um, and that's helping get the check size bigger. And then um, when you're ready to pay, when you're ready to go, all you do is you scan uh, that QR code again. You press on the payment option. And there you have the opportunity of splitting the bill, either by the number of uh, guests that you have around the table or equally or itemized. And then if you're using Apple Pay or Google Pay, uh, you can go directly through your phone. And if you want to use a classic credit card, then you can actually input the credit card number. 
and uh, you add a tip and you're free to go. And so the beauty of Sunday today is that um, what used to happen when you wanted to pay, which was you had to lift your hand up, wait <laughs> to make eye contact with the waiter, right. try to make sure they saw you, remind them that you wanted to pay the check, get yeah. an envelope, as you mentioned, on your table, usually, you know, plastified uh, envelope um, <laughs> that a lot of people have touched, give your card, have it go back of house where you have no idea who's going to be looking at your credit card, using your credit mm -hmm. card, and then a few <laughs> minutes later come back so that it, you can use mm -hmm. somebody else's pen uh, <laughs> to add a tip and to sign, and then hand it back to the waiter. So that, I mentioned it earlier, is a 12-minute on average experience, mm -hmm. which we're bringing down to a seamless, touchless, very personalized, easy experience. Today, we're delivering an experience with a web app, so you don't have to sign up. Uh, you don't have to download an app. It happens completely seamlessly, um, which also helps to make it turn uh, within 10 seconds because it's a really quick experience. If you want the receipt, you can get it emailed to you. And so uh, very, very easy customer experience. Down the road, we will be adding features. And a lot of the restaurants we're talking to are asking us for additional features because they see the value in it. And so the, the most obvious feature to add on to there is ordering. Once you already have the menu and you have payments, there, of course, is the possibility of adding ordering. And we, we're, we're building that ordering technology for on-premise. We see that about a third of the restaurants we work with want to do ordering. A lot of them still want to control that guest experience and they still want the waiter to interact and create a human mm -hmm. relationship uh, with, with the diner. And so we're working with each individual restaurant to see what makes most sense in their location. Is there, is there a type of trend of a type of restaurant that is in that one third bucket that is, wants to be hands off and just let customers order digitally? Or is that just based on like random preference of the operator? So what we're seeing is, um, the more, uh, upscale restaurants want to continue, uh, having, a real waiter come to the table to do the ordering. And it's a lot of the fast casual restaurants who are most interested in the online ordering. Mm. So, so I just want to quote some of these tips that I, I mean, sorry, the, these stats that you put up on your website. So we talked about the time spent, uh, saved per table. Um, there's also the, the 40% increase in tips, which I'm very curious to hear, understand what, how that's happening. The 12%, um, average um, increase in the in the check size, and obviously the sixty percent north of sixty percent adoption rate you have within the four walls of your customers. Can you just talk us through each of those kind of KPIs and what are the drivers of, of them? Yes. So I'll start with tipping. Uh, so what we've observed with Sunday, which is what a lot of the delivery platforms have observed as well, is by giving standard tipping amounts. And uh, right now we have them at 18, 20, and 22%. Mm -hmm. The tip experience is much easier to do. And um, we have some restaurants who've requested to go up to 25%, which means that when people are in that payment process, just like many of us when we're ordering uh, online food to get delivered at home, we tend to just you know, press the button that we think is the most accurate and it goes up. And so what we observe is that in general, uh, people go a little bit higher than they would if they have to do the math themselves mm -hmm. and write it on the check and, and then mm -hmm. sign. And so that is driving uh, that uptake. The second question you have is about waiters having more time and uh, having a higher check size. 
And so what we've seen, you actually asked just about the check size, and it's because waiters have more time. Waiters save on average 20% of their time thanks to Sunday, which means they have more time to upsell. And so mm. what does that mean? If the waiter isn't running after tables to make sure they've paid their checks, they can mm-hmm. check on diners more often. They can come see them right when they've finished their main dish to ask them if they want a dessert. They can come see them you know, while they're having dessert to ask them if they want coffee. And uh, that gives them more opportunities to, to sell more items on the, on the menu. And that's what's driving that number up. And then finally, you asked about adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is my, my favorite uh, figure because it shows how much of an interest there is for this type of solution. Once we put Sunday QR codes on tables in a restaurant, we're observing on average 60% adoption. Now, it depends. And when I say adoption, that means if there are 100 tables, then you know 60 of those are using Sunday for payment. And um, we did not expect the number to be this high. But what we're seeing is that people understand how to use QR codes now. They understand the value. And when the QR code is in front of them on the table and they've already used it to pull up the menu and it says on the QR code, uh, you know, pay with Sunday, the, the natural thing to do when you want to pay is to say, all right, actually, I'm, instead of waiting around and trying to make eye contact with the waiter, I'm just going to pay. So th- the impact is actually huge. And that's what's driving operational efficiencies for restaurants. Because if we only had five or 10% adoption, it wouldn't really move the needle on a restaurant operations. But when you start hitting 50% adoption, and those waiters are saving, you know, 20% of their time on 50% of tables, that makes a, an actual measurable difference for a restaurant that has, uh, you know, high toner, high turnover or larger volumes. Yeah, that's super valuable for you to be in that kind of in between that guest and that restaurant within the four walls, because at some point, if you do roll out your own app, you would be able to to get a lot of those customers to come into to the Sunday ecosystem. Are you collecting any information that will set you up for that event in the future? Um, I know you said that the receipts can get sent to the customer, but are you collecting phone numbers or yeah, like cell phone numbers? So today we're doing email. And so uh, as you mentioned right now, it's a web app and um, we are collecting just email information so that we can email the receipt if people want them. And, and the truth is most people ask for the receipt tomorrow when We've gotten more market share and uh, we've become, you know, a real preferred payment method in the hospitality space. Uh, There's a real opportunity to help restaurants get more information about their customers. And um, if you think about the hospitality industry, especially the on-premise experience, it's one of the last places on earth where uh, the owners have zero information about who's coming in there. And so, Matt, you might be uh, going every Friday night to the same restaurant, and unless the waiter recognizes you, there's no way for the restaurant to know that it's Matt who's been here for the past 16 Fridays. Um, And so the beauty of Sunday, again, is that as we develop more features, we'll be able to tell the restaurant, Matt loves to have a glass of red wine on Friday nights, and he loves to have a cappuccino on Sunday mornings, and Matt's actually allergic to shellfish, and so when we show him the menu, uh, we shouldn't show him any shellfish because he's not going to have any. Um, or, you know, Matt loves red meat. And so we should, you know, push uh, our you know, sirloin steak today because this is the perfect set, uh, setup for him. And so mm-hmm. we're not that there yet, but we see the, the massive potential of helping restaurants provide a better experience to their customers thanks to the data that we'll be collecting. 
And so how does that uh, data get collected? Well, that's when we start having an app that people are using. And you hinted at this when you, when you were asking your question. It's obviously the direction we're going in is the, the value of Sunday comes from having customers download the app and use the Sunday ecosystem as their preferred payment method when they're in a hospitality uh, outlet. Because once uh, we have our B2C solution, which is deployed in a certain amount of restaurants, the data that we can feed back to the restaurants is really powerful. Totally. And makes, frankly, for a better restaurant experience and for a better diner experience. So it's a real win-win setup. Right. This is the space of like restaurant CRMs that Wisely and um, Seven Rooms are kind of doing with higher end operators that, you know, are reading Danny Meyer's book religiously and listening to your every want and, and desire as a customer and delivering the, you know, the ultimate guest experience. Absolutely. And part of delivering that ultimate guest experience comes from knowing what each guest wants. And so there's obviously some great reservation platforms out there. Um, but they don't have item information about um, what each guest has ordered or likes to order. Uh, and so that will be one of the real assets of, of Sunday is because we actually know what people bought. Um, we, you know, we can go into the system and we know what their preferences are. Totally. So I want to spend a little bit of time. I, I hope you can educate me a little bit better on the very complicated web network of payments um, as it as it relates to the ecosystem today within within the brick and mortar restaurants. So we talk about like what is a merchant acquirer, what is the role of a payment processor and a gateway, and you know kind of talk uh, break that restaurant transaction down as it sits today and what you're trying to disrupt here. It's a great question, Matt, and um, it's incredible how opaque the setup is and how few people have really dug into it to see, okay, how can we actually improve this and how can we disrupt this? So on average, um, in the US, uh, restaurants are paying about 2.5% payment processing fees, which means that for uh, a restaurant charging a $100 bill, um, they're only getting $97.5 back because 2.5% are going to the uh, payment processing. And just as a comparison, uh, since we're you know operating a transatlantic company, in Europe, payment processing fees are around 1%. Mm. And um, it's, it's a really interesting phenomenon. The EU has regulated payment processing fees uh, because a lot of people considered 2.5%, frankly, highway robbery. And um, there were a lot of questions about, you know, why is the hospitality industry paying so much to payment processors? Um, and so you see two very different phenomena in Europe and, and in the U.S., and so out of the 2.5%, part of that is going to, you know, credit card companies and part of that are uh, interchange and scheme fees. And so it's basically a layered approach and different actors in that payment value chain are taking different parts of those 2.5%. And what you'll see is that larger restaurant groups who are very business savvy have negotiated those payment processing fees closer to 2%. And some of your smaller SMB restaurants are paying close to 3% if they haven't negotiated and they have limited bargaining power. On top of that, in this space, you have two types of payment. Uh, You have card not present and card present. Mm. And so the rates I'm giving you are classic uh, card present rates where you actually physically have to give your card, where the the assumption is fraud is lower um, because you know someone has the card. 
for card not present, which is um, how a lot of the digital solutions work, um, payment processing fees are generally 03 to 0.5% higher because there's higher fraud risk. So again, the industry uh, is penalizing card not present and is generally offering, you know, very high payment processing rates uh, to restaurants. And so what we said at Sunday when we de- developed a solution is we said, all right, not only can we provide a better diner experience and a more seamless operations experience for restaurants, but there's also something to be done here with payment processing fees. And so a lot of other industries have gone through this disruption and this revolution with a wallet strategy and have said, okay, how can we get around classic credit card payment processing fees? And uh, is there a way to create an alternative, uh, which means people would be paying the restaurants directly and don't need to lose that much uh, space? And so that's currently what we're looking at and exploring how we can offer uh, much more attractive prices through a real wallet strategy. In the short term, how are we providing attractive payment processing fees to restaurants? Well, we're working with a payment processor, Stripe, who's you know the leading payment processor in the world, has a fantastic product, which allowed us to deploy in all countries, and um, very reliable, uh, manages uh, fraud for us. Um, and because we're doing so much volume, you mentioned uh, that we'd had you know, 1.1 million users in our first four months, we're able to get very attractive prices, which are generally lower than what individual restaurants are negotiating. And so um, you asked me the question earlier of, you know, how does that how does that uh, pricing look like? Well, when we started this company, we saw the massive impact we could have on the customer experience. Um, but we wanted to make sure we were offering something that was less expensive than what most restaurants were already paying. And, and that's been the philosophy since launch. And obviously that resonates very strongly with restaurants, especially in these tough times where, you know, it, it's been a hard 18 months for the restaurant industry. So coming in with a solution, which is more affordable than what most players are offering, super attractive for them. So is it safe to say that, you know, your business model is going to be just like every other payment kind of processor model, which is just take a percent of the transaction spread on the on the interchange or whatever it is absolutely so what we're doing today is we're saying um to restaurants we're going to be able to offer you uh more competitive payment processing than what you have today and that's solely because we're doing large volumes and so we're in a better position to negotiate attractive payment processing fees and are you still are you technically i guess everything on stripe is card not present so it's not like this is uh, something that they haven't seen before Absolutely. So this is something that we're used to and um, we're working, you know, uh, very nicely together with Stripe to make sure that we're offering uh, competitive prices for all restaurants. Got it. So, you know, I'd love to also talk about the recent Toast IPO. Um, You know, obviously they have kind of built out a whole, um, I guess they don't really have ordering, but they have scan and pay. Um, It's a really nice feature on iOS where it, you actually don't even need the app. I discovered to to do to pay. Um, you have players like Bbot and a whole host of other people getting in, who have been doing end to end payments for a while. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on why Sunday is unique and, and how it stands out in the marketplace. So, let me first respond that yes, there are a number of actors in the space. Very few of them are doing QR codes on tables 
a lot of them are doing QR codes on the check. And mm. so when I explained to you the customer experience earlier where the whole beauty of Sunday is that you don't have to ask for the check anymore, all the solutions that provide a QR code on the check don't provide that benefit because you still need to catch your waiter's attention, you still need to make eye contact, and you still need them to do half the payment journey, which is to bring you the check with the QR code on them. So I think that's the first major uh, differentiation with uh, mm. the operational and the element of our product and, and the customer experience is that you're in control the whole time. Um, and what we've seen, because we've we've been talking extensively to all the players here, is that the QR code on the check generally has about 5 to 10% adoption compared to the 60% we were talking about earlier. So that's mm. a, a massive difference. And one of the reasons is just because that QR code on your table is a little bit more in your face. And so for you, it becomes natural to scan it mm. when you're ready to pay. So that's the first thing. The second thing is uh, there are a number of actors out there, and a lot of them started before uh, 2019. And um, that was a period where, as you mentioned earlier, uh, no one was using QR codes. Frankly, no one knew how to use QR codes. And most restaurateurs rather, you know, would, would have said they would never put a QR code on the table because, you know, that's not the guest experience they're trying to create. <laughs> you know, fast forward 18 months later, COVID goes through there, and now everyone knows how to use a QR code. And now uh, restaurateurs realize that there's a real added value to having QR codes on tables for menus and, of course, for payment. And so we've been very fortunate at Sunday to have seen this opportunity and to have raised a lot of money. You mentioned the 124 million, so our seed round at 24 million and our Series A at 100 million. In that window, uh, where investors saw the enormous opportunity and said, okay, we believe in Sunday, uh, they're launching in four countries. They're getting great momentum. They're coming from the restaurant perspective, you know, since Victor and Tihlan are restaurateurs, my co-founders. And so that's made us get a lot of traction quickly in the market. And the truth is, it's going to be about execution and speed to market, right? Um, because in the end, you can only have one QR code on every table. Um, so that's also one of the reasons uh, we fundraised so extensively. It's to be able to deploy our solution which, again, is getting great traction with restaurants as quickly as possible, given that there are actors emerging in the space. The last thing I want to speak to is the fact that there are a lot of players who are entering this space, mostly, again, on the check and not as a QR code on the table, just shows that the, the industry is ready for a disruption, right? The hospitality is one of the last places um, where there's been real innovation in payments. If you think of what Venmo has done uh, to peer-to-peer, -to -peer, PayPal to e-commerce, or you know Uber has done to paying in cabs, all those industries have been completely disrupted. And the hospitality industry is one of the last ones where there wasn't innovation. And so COVID was definitely an accelerator for this. And so we're jumping on that opportunity. How big? I mean, if you had to quantify, how are you pitching the, the total TAM of the market size that you're after here? Which just, I know you, we're going to talk a little bit about non-restaurant, but just, just looking at restaurants and the markets that you're currently in, what is the opportunity uh, up for grabs here? So I, I love the, the opportunity story. If you think of uh, the United States, um, you know, you could say post-pandemic, uh, you're at around 850,000 restaurants. Um, and what we're seeing is a solution like Sunday in the short to medium term works for basically any restaurant that has table service, which is, again, about two thirds of that. 
Um, so you're looking at a TAM, so a total addressable market of over 500,000 restaurants in the U.S., which is a huge opportunity. Um, if you take the European numbers, the total numbers, if you take uh, Western Europe, are a little bit bigger. Um, but in the markets we're working in, uh, you get to about half of that. Um, so the U.K., France, and Spain. Uh, so again, the, the market opportunity is in the trillions which is also why a company like ours is able to raise a lot of money quickly is because our investors, you know, the VC community sees the massive potential um, and the size of the TAM. Once a product like Sunday gets traction and becomes a preferred way to pay, then you can start targeting uh, quick serve restaurants um, where there isn't so much of an operational opportunity but there's a real opportunity to accelerate the ordering process and just be an easy way to pay in those locations. So if you're, you're, you have to move, speed is of the essence to, to kind of get this land grab going here. We're seeing lots of land grabs across other parts of food tech. I've been talking a lot about quick commerce and I'm sure you've seen what's going on overseas and, and here. But just how quickly are you able to map all these tables in the restaurant and integrate with the POS and you know deal... It would get restaurants up and running to start to see some of these benefits. So the first step is uh, working with the point of sale systems. And uh, we've been very happily surprised at the enthusiasm the point of sales have had for a solution like Sunday. And so we're working with pretty much all the major point of sales. So Micros, NCR, Lightspeed, all the local players in Europe they have been very eager to jump on uh, the technology revolution. And most of them, like Square and Clover, have uh, an open philosophy. And they've been you know, very cooperative where they've said, you know, anyone who's trying to disrupt this industry and uh, accelerate digital adoption in the hospitality industry is going to help, in general, growing our business. And so we're working with all of them. Um, and that's the first step is how do you get the point of sales on board there? As I just mentioned, they've been generally very eager to get on board. The second step is how do you convince restaurants to come on board? And um, especially restaurants who've had a tough time during the pandemic who aren't necessarily digitally a fiend, How do you convince them that they should adopt a new technology? And for that, well, um, you know, as as many companies in the food tech space, um, you build great sales teams. Uh, who are reaching out to restaurants and who are, you know, evangelizing them uh, what this solution can do. And then the, the last step is once you're on tables in restaurants, then uh, you need to convince end consumers. We are a B2C brand. We're POS agnostic. And so that's when, you know, you want to make sure the restaurants are making it visible or talking about it. And then you can activate actual brand marketing levers where you're pushing uh, your solution to end customers. We're not quite there yet. As, as mentioned earlier, we're only six months old. Um, so we've done a great job with the POS integrations. Uh, we're now working with about 1,500 restaurants. And then the next phase is to start activating end consumers once we've got enough market share. So I'd love to kind of hear like if, you know, fast forward to like this roadmap that we originally kind of talked about, you know, table booking, ordering, loyalty. We spoke a little bit about the CRM, which, yeah, I think is huge. Um, but, you know, those other two things, like what, 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 what does the ultimate end user experience look like for the customer when they're thinking about, you know, taking one of those, these nights out on the town and, and going to one of these restaurants that's using Sunday? 
So as I mentioned earlier today, we are focusing on payments uh, and providing a great payment experience that's fast in restaurants. But obviously, once you're in restaurants and uh, you have a presence, you're in a unique position uh, to help restaurants go up and down the value chain uh, to improve the digital experience. And so we already talked about ordering, where when the host or the hostess brings you to the table, they explain to you that you can also order with uh, the QR code on the table. And then obviously uh, bringing in loyalty programs. There's a host of excellent loyalty programs out in the market and, you know, integrating, partnering with those loyalty programs to make sure that through Sunday you're also offering loyalty um, is obviously attractive. And then CRM, very clear brick. Once you're getting that customer information, you know uh, what the customer preference is. You have the unique information that not a lot of players have on what people are actually ordering then you have great data uh, to provide customized CRM, which is, you know, very powerful. Um, and so, again, focus is key uh, when you're starting up a company. And so we're really uh, laser focused on, on the payment piece. But obviously, um, going upstream through the digital experience is going to be really valuable and we'll be in a really great position to do that. We're not on it yet. Uh, again, only six months old, launched in four countries. Um, so we're doing everything step by step. So is it safe to say that like I could presumably be seeing something uh, if I, if you are authenticating me as a diner that I would see an offer that you know someone else sitting down um, might not be seeing because you have that data on me as a customer some sort of special some sort of discount some sort of incentive. I I love the idea and that's part of uh, the larger vision is how do you customize the diner experience um, and how with the information you have about someone. Uh, can you make it a better experience? Um, so we're certainly eyeing that. Um, and, you know, it's it's in the roadmaps, um, not out there yet, but I think it's important to have in mind. I mean, I may be able to give you an example. So, you know, all your your listeners can, can imagine what it'd be like. One of my favorite examples is, okay, today when you go into a restaurant, you have to say hello to the hostess. She'll bring you to your table then you order and then when you pay you want to you have to ask for the check. Tomorrow you can very well imagine you've made a reservation. It's no longer QR code technology. You can imagine NFT technology or some geolocalized technology so you show up, the hostess knows it's you, somehow linked to your phone, you're welcomed. Oh, you know, thank you Matt. It's great to see you again. I hope you enjoyed coming here, you know, last Thursday. Let me bring to you your favorite table. You go through the experience. Um, they know exactly what you like to order. And, and that's when the CRM becomes really powerful. And a lot of hotel hospitality companies are trying to do this at the front desk. And then you pay. There may be a loyalty incentive. You may get a free coffee, a free cocktail uh, because it's your birthday, because you just spend more than 500 bucks. I mean, whatever it is. Um, and then when it's time to go get your coat, uh, you don't have to ask for the coat check anymore because that was linked to the end of your meal. And, you know, magically uh, your coat's coming back and, uh, and you don't have to, you know, that awkward wait where you're giving a little, you know, plastic uh, circle <laughs> to the lady at the coat check who's looking for your coat. And then you get outside. I'm in Atlanta and you're waiting for your valet parking and you're waiting for 15 minutes in the cold right. without your coat. So imagine what you can do um, if you have a solution like Sunday, which is completely integrated and touches every one of those elements of the experience, it's magical. Suddenly, mm -hmm. all those pain points in the restaurant experience, waiting for your table, waiting to pay, 
um, waiting for your coat, waiting for your car, you can imagine them disappearing. Mm. Um, I mean, it'd be fantastic. That That's when I get yeah. excited. Yeah, me too. And I think that that's kind of, you know, where we look at like how this isn't something you said skeptics will look at this and say, oh, well, you're, you know, you're making it so that restaurants don't have to hire any more staff. But I think it get, you know, a there's not a pool of, of labor at the moment, but be it like gives more importantly, gives the staff like finally frees them up enough to away from those mundane tasks towards creating that that kind of optimal offline experience that you spoke about to the point where they're, you know, you can, you can see more tables, you can check in at the right times, you can tap them on the shoulder and see when their drink is getting lower as opposed to running around, you know, chasing checks back and forth between, you know, the back of the house and the front of the house. So Matt, my, my favorite, you know, story is that if you've waited tables in restaurants, you are passionate about bringing a great customer experience to your diners. And what is fun as a waiter, it's to ask people if they enjoyed their meal. It's to ask them what they like to eat. It's to recommend a cocktail. And if you can give waiters the time to do that again, well, the check size gets bigger, as I mentioned earlier with the data, and your waiters are actually doing something they love. And, um, and so, of course, there's a labor shortage in all the countries we're operating right now. And people don't want to be working in restaurants. And so there's obviously a benefit from, you know, reducing the time uh, that you need from waitstaff. But you're also giving uh, waiters time for what they love to do back. And I mean, that that's an awesome ambition. So, I mean, it gets us excited every day when we're working in restaurants and we see how waiters react positively to a solution like Sunday. Awesome. So I want to go a little bit further down the road to, you know, your big grand vision of being a consumer wallet. I think I've read and heard about this vision of, you know, the PayPal has tried unsuccessfully to do B2C merchant payments. Venmo never got into it. It never became the vessel for that. And now we're starting to see, you know, Jack Dorsey wizardry coming in and taking cash app and, you know, charging, you know, keeping payments in network between square and cash app, which is really exciting. Can you talk to me about your vision for building this kind of mobile wallet across a non-restaurant retail and what that looks like, you know, in the long haul? Yes. So the first thing that's important to remember with Sunday is we're building a B2C solution, which is POS agnostic. And um, there are some pretty awesome tools out there today, but very few of them are POS agnostic, right? And Mm -hmm. the POS market is super fragmented in America right now. Uh, No actor has more than 10%. And so there's a real opportunity to create a layer for a B2C solution, which works with all of those POSs. So I think Mm -hmm. that's the first thing, which is important in our vision, is to say, we believe there's space for a real B2C fintech brand, which is POS agnostic. The the second element is I mentioned, you know, the short term vision is focusing on payments in hospitality. So we start with restaurants because that's where our DNA is. We have the perfect sandbox with my co-founders restaurants um, and we know the hospitality industry well. Once you're getting enough traction and you've become a recognized way for people to pay in restaurants and then in hotels, and you know, you can imagine a future where you don't need to check out of hotels anymore because you just have to scan that QR code. Then you're in a very legitimate position, once you have that market share, to go after other retail verticals. Because by then, you've become a recognized brand and people are asking if they can pay with Sunday. And so 
that's not today. That's not tomorrow. Um, but there are plenty of use cases, be it you know parking lots, uh, bakeries, pharmacies, where people are still waiting in line. And you could imagine using technology to accelerate payments. But the first critical step is to start with an industry. And that's why we're so enthusiastic about doing it in uh, hospitality, because there's a real operational need there. You start with a specific industry where you can get a lot of traction. And then when you have enough market share, um, you're in a great position to move into the other verticals of physical retail. Do you think those other verticals are going to require a lot of these modules that you've had to build for restaurants? Or do you think it would just be a just like authenticate and pay, scan and pay somehow? It's an excellent question. And to be perfectly honest, Matt, I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know you guys have a lot of work. Um, but yeah, I love the vision. You know, I actually, going back to the hotel thing, I just stayed at like an MGM hotel for a conference in Vegas. And they had a, um, I never even checked in, actually. I I downloaded their app and I, and I used the, near field thing in my phone for Apple pay my NFC. I think it's called, right? Yeah, absolutely. NFC. Yeah. And not an NFT, but an NFC. <laughs> I think some people are working on the NFT part too, but like, and just literally tapped it against um, my door and then it opened and then checked out of the hotel, dropped a key in a box. Didn't have to talk to anyone, which was, I mean, some people might say that's slightly dystopian, but I thought it was, you know, save me time and it, Well, if it's business travel, it's extremely convenient. And so you want to be able to have that human experience if people want it. But if people don't want it, you want to be able to accelerate it. So, I mean, that's exactly the space um, that we're looking at. But frankly, if you look at hotels, very few of them have that type of technology in place now. And so the question is, you know, again, how quickly can you execute? How quickly can you get into restaurants Um, Mm. and then hotels, bars, and then the rest of uh, physical retail. Yeah, I think figuring out that right balance between online and offline, you know, I think we're going through that in so many facets of our post-pandemic life. You know, it's like our ghost kitchen is going to be 100% of the dining landscape, maybe for a blip, but no. Or is everyone going to just like go to the hotel and not talk to a human being and scan their phone and open the door? No, but for certain occasions, this stuff uh, really shines very well. So I'd love to kind of dive into the last 10 minutes and, and get to some of these audience questions. Uh, we don't have a bunch, but just a few here. So the first one, someone is asking, how do you make sure that servers feel comfortable knowing that guests have paid? And I would call this the Uber effect because I've actually done this quite a few times where I've been in a taxi and just walked out without paying because I was just so used to paying, like not worrying about it with Uber. So what are the rates that you're seeing of like basically people skipping checks Is there some way to kind of protect that? Like, how are you dealing with that? So a first data point is that we've seen almost no dine and dash with the technology. Again, it's very early. And so people don't have the reflex. Um, And if there have been any occurrences, which have been very little, I mean, it's been, you know, almost, uh, it's been absolutely anecdotal. It's because people thought they'd paid and they thought it worked and the payment hadn't gone through. From a practical perspective, we have not observed it, either in the U.S. or Hmm. Spain, France, and the U.K. From a waiter perspective, what we've been doing is, um, with the different point-of-sale integrations, we make sure it's very explicit to the waiter if the check is closed. 
And so we have some point of sales where um, the table turns green if they've already paid in their, uh, their point of sale dashboard. And so another one, you'll get pop-ups. In another one, it still prints out the receipt so they, you know, they see it or they hear it. For each POS, we're looking at solutions to make it very easy for the waiter to know that the table is closed. The reality is there is a little bit more distance with the payment experience. What most waiters have told us is because they have more time and they're less underwater, they have time to go check the POS and be a little bit more vigilant. And so, so far, uh, no major issues with that, but we're monitoring carefully and we're making sure it's very clear in the POS that the table has been closed. Very cool. So I, I, um, the next question is kind of, you, you touched on a little bit about go to market, but um, I guess if you could expand a little bit and talk about, you know, with restaurants being bombarded by, you know, a zillion different technology companies promising them X, Y, or Z delivery technology, CRM, you name it, how you're managing to go to market in, 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 in the U S and abroad and you know, how you, how you made sure that that process was, was sound. Uh, before, you know, expanding heavily? So one observation is already, there's a very big difference between North America and Europe is that in Europe, their restaurants are much less bombarded with uh, food technology solutions. Um, And so for sales teams, it's much easier to access decision makers just because they're available and they're not used to being over-solicited. In the U.S., you're absolutely right. Uh, There's a lot of food tech technology, which is being pushed to restaurants. We're getting around that two ways um, in our go-to-market strategy. The first one is we're actually getting a lot of inbounds. So people who have heard about what we're doing through, you know, podcasts like this one or, you know, press, media, we're, we're getting more inbounds than we'd expected. And so that creates a really easy sell for the sales teams because obviously if someone calls us up and says, I'm interested in Sunday, can I work with you? It's, it's, a, it's a huge win. The second piece is we have field sales teams, and obviously, you know, inside sales teams, but field sales teams who are actually targeting flagship restaurants, restaurants that, you know, we think would be very interested in Sunday because of the operational efficiencies. So this is a focus of, on restaurants that have high turns um, and are having trouble staffing. It's a much easier sell because it's less an additional technology. It's really something that's helping them gain efficiency on their tables. And so, there's no hardware involved, which a lot of restaurants are very sensitive to. You know, it's just mm-hmm. those QR codes. We have lots of different formats, but we're finding that for flagship restaurants, having field sales uh, talk to the teams is extremely helpful and efficient. And that goes in all four of our markets. Awesome. So I know you have a lot of the banners up on your site, but can, you know, if we were eager to try it here in the States, uh, what are some of the bigger name operators that we could, um, you know, run out and, and test out Sunday for ourselves and uh, get a full taste of, of the, that experience? So we're in the process of rolling out in a number of cities in the U.S., uh, in Atlanta, where our headquarters are, in Colorado, uh, in New York City. Right now, um, one of my favorite restaurants to recommend is uh, Bastille in D.C., um, and it's on our website. You can see we have a lot, a lot of pictures. It's a great restaurant, a French restaurant in Old Town Alexandria. Um, and they are doing a great job at putting it forward. And so I always encourage people to go uh, try it there. And as we onboard more and more restaurants, you'll be seeing it. Where I'm actually getting the most feedback is where we have the most concentration um, is in Paris. So for those of you traveling, uh, where most of the up-and-coming restaurants in downtown Paris are now using Sunday. 
And the network effect flywheel is fantastic because people will go on a Wednesday night, use Sunday, use it again on Friday night. And then by Saturday, they know how to use it perfectly. And they're, they're becoming real evangelists. And that's also helping push up our 60% adoption rate because then people want to use it. Interesting. And and how like how much branding is there from Sunday on that check, like or, or on that website? Like, so it's I know it's, you can uh, customize it to make it look like your So brand. it's not on the check, it's on the QR code. So there is um it's customized with the restaurant's look and feel, but there also is Sunday on it. And for us it was mm. very important to build uh, a B2C brand from the beginning. Uh, we mm. don't want to be a white label solution. Uh, in order for us to activate all uh, the levers that we talked about with data, we need to have uh, a B2C brand. And so we've seen lots of different uh, co-branding models. The I, I talked about Michelin star restaurants earlier. One of them has opted to print QR codes um, on little stones um, mm. because, you know, they, they look attractive and they're discreet. Most restaurants are going for a sort of a clear plexiglass, fairly attractive format where their restaurant logo is on it and the Sunday logo is on it. And so we work with each restaurant um, with a number of formats that we've already deployed, and then they choose which one suits their style of restaurant the best. Very cool. Well, this has been really fascinating. I definitely learned a lot about you know what you guys are bringing to the table, literally, and the payment space in general. So thank you for, for all of that info. And if restaurateurs are, are listening to this podcast and are intrigued by what they're hearing, um, now's your time to plug away and tell, tell them how they can get started. Yeah, please go on sundayapp.com um, and uh, sign up. We will call you back within five minutes. We have an awesome sales team that is uh, responding very quickly. And uh, we're excited to have you all using Sunday very soon. So thanks, Matt, for inviting me on the show. And we're excited about how quickly uh, Sunday is developing. Very cool. Yeah, looking forward to trying in L.A. And wish you the best of luck. And uh, thank you so much for coming on. All right. Bye, Matt. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast. And if you're curious to get a first-hand look at the cutting edge of food and tech, check out Hungry.tv. That's Hungry with No You, where you can join in on live conversations like these or sign up for the free weekly newsletter.